0: The High Republic has officially launched, Cyborg's future in the DCEU is once again in question, and we have a rewatch of Avengers Infinity War, all coming up on Live Action Remake. Welcome back to Live Action Remake, your source for movie news, TV news, reviews, and recommendations. My name is Diego, and I'm so excited to have you guys back for another year of Live Action Remake. We had a great first year, uh, not a great year, but... You know, I'm just happy to be out of 2020 and into 2021. So why don't we get started, as we usually do, with trailers. This week, the only trailer I really wanted to talk about is not for a movie. It's not for a TV show. It is for an expansion of the Star Wars universe through books, comics, and web series. It is a trailer for The High Republic, which debuted January 5th this week uh, with a couple of books including The High Republic Light of the Jedi, Into the Dark, A Test of Courage, and The Great Jedi Rescue. Some of these are for younger readers, middle schoolers, and YA books, but The High Republic Light of the Jedi is for your more adult Star Wars fans. So if you're a big Star Wars fan and you're excited about The High Republic, definitely check out The High Republic Light of the Jedi. I'm gonna get that copy as soon as I'm done recording for this episode. I'm pretty excited about it. If you didn't know, The High Republic is kind of the canon version of The Old Republic which is a big part of Star Wars Legends. It was no longer canon after Disney bought it, but they're kind of bringing it back in this uh, series of comics, books, web series, and it's gonna also debut in The Acolyte, the new Star Wars show. So I'm pretty excited to read this book. This is the start of the canon version of the High Republic. Uh, this is, takes place centuries before the Skywalker Saga when there were many Jedi, many Sith. So it's pretty exciting. I can't wait to get started on it. Let me know if you guys are gonna read any of the High Republic new stuff and if there's anything I need to look out for. Now on to movie news. Chris Pratt has officially confirmed his involvement in Thor Love and Thunder as he is returning as Star-Lord. That's pretty cool. Uh, we all We already covered this, but now it is officially confirmed, so that's pretty cool. Creed 3 is officially happening as well, with Michael B. Jordan returning to direct. Tessa Thompson is also set to return. This was also something we covered very early on in the show. Love Michael B. Jordan. I love the Creed movies. I'm very excited to see where they go with number 3. I don't know how they top Ivan Drago's son, but I'm pretty excited to see what big idea comes out next. James Gunn's Suicide Squad has officially been confirmed to be rated R by James Gunn himself That's pretty cool. It was also kind of expected that this would be a rated R movie, given that it's going to have characters like Peacemaker, like Harley Quinn, like Bloodsport. I think the original Suicide Squad movie could have benefited from a rated R, but you know, this one will definitely learn from the original, I think. So they're just going all in, rated R, James Gunn can do whatever he wants. That's an exciting pitch for me a rubik's cube movie is in the works from hyde park entertainment revolving around how the rubik's cube rose to prominence in the 80s and continued to be relevant no synopsis or plot details were given (sighs) is this the emoji movie again i'm always looking to see if they're gonna make another movie that's similar to the emoji movie the rubik's cube movie sounds even more pointless than that but we'll see let me know if you guys are excited about a rubik's cube film who would it even be just the the people competing because that didn't even happen for a long time but i don't know we can be heroes director and writer robert rodriguez is reportedly in full development with netflix for a sequel to we can be heroes i saw this film i'm not going to give my initial thoughts on it just yet because i am doing a crossover episode with pop culture reference this friday i'm uh filming it i believe so that will come out on sunday so check that out. If you want to know my thoughts on We Can Be Heroes, it's on Netflix. I say give it a watch right now, that way you can be ready for that episode on Sunday for pop culture reference with my buddies Ricardo, Seamus, and Garrett. Check that out. Eva Jokovic is confirmed to be playing a young Natasha Romanoff in the upcoming Black Widow film, confirms her mother, Mila Jokovic. I'm not a huge fan of Mila Jokovic, but I'm glad that uh, her daughter got some work. We now know that they will go more into Black Widow's origin, even when she was younger in the film, so that's going to be more interesting. I would like to see more about, you know, Drakeoff's daughter and the hospital fire that they were talking about in the original Avengers film. There is a lot of Black Widow origin that we do not know, and I think it'd be interesting to peel back those layers, so I'm excited to see that. Cherry from directors Anthony and Joe Russo, starring Tom Holland, has a couple of new posters. The film is about an army medic with PTSD who becomes addicted to opioids, so he starts robbing banks to pay for his addiction. Uh, it is going to be released in theaters February 26th and on Apple TV, March 12th. I'm excited about this one because the Russo brothers to me can do no wrong. I think they're great directors. But Tom Holland in a role as an opioid addict who is robbing banks, that's something we've never seen from Tom Holland. And I think Tom Holland has the range, he has the skills. I want to see how far they can push him, how much this guy can act. I think he can. I'm excited to see him do something different. So let's go, Cherry, February 26th. Actor Ray Fisher has stated he will not participate in any films associated with DC Films boss Walter Hamada his quote reads Walter Hamada is the most dangerous kind of enabler he lies and Warner Brothers PR failed September 4th with its hit piece sought to undermine the very real issues of the Justice League investigation I will not participate in any production associated with him as much as I love Ray Fisher I really do I do think this may be the end of his cyborg then which is really sad uh, I don't see them getting rid of Walter Hamada anytime soon. I wish they would. I wish they would keep Ray Fisher because I think he's a great actor and I think he was underused in Justice League. But uh, I don't see him having a lot of footing in this. He is not as big of an actor as, say, your Ben Affleck's or your Jason Momoa's or your Gal Gadot's. He is the sixth man, unfortunately, and that it really sucks. But I don't think we're going to see Ray Fisher anymore. I think it's going to be easier for the studio just to recast him, and that really sucks so rowan atkinson is developing a mr bean animated movie as he says playing him in live action is stressful and exhausting <laughs> i think the mr bean character can benefit from being animated that's not a big deal at least he's still playing the character so good for him now on to tv news Batwoman has a couple of new posters teasing ryan wilder in the batwoman suit you can see that on our page at live action remake on facebook wandavision has four new character posters as well teasing scarlet witch having a new suit which i'm very excited about tiana paris's photon and Catherine Hans Agnes. WandaVision will also reportedly have nine episodes confirmed by Marvel. That's pretty exciting. We assumed it would be a six episode count. Now it's confirmed to be a nine episode count. Not only that, WandaVision will reportedly debut with two episodes. We're going to start with two episodes and then continue one every week. So that's going to be cool. Two episode premiere. I'm excited. Oscar winners Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez who wrote let It Go and Remember Me from Frozen and Coco will be writing the original theme songs for the show WandaVision. That's awesome. I love Let It Go. I love Remember Me. That's an emotional song. You can actually see the first song in the trailer at Live Action Remake on Facebook again. <laughs> it's, it's pretty nice. I, I, like, I like a good theme song. It's, it's, it's definitely uh, old-timey, I love Lucy kind of song, so I like it. Actress Gray Leslie, known for her roles such as Azula in Avatar The Last Airbender, has confirmed her voice will be in the show WandaVision in one way or another. So I don't know how they're going to add her in. I like to think that they're going to do an animated portion of the show, possibly. And that way she'll play an animated character, that'd be pretty funny. I don't know, there's so many possibilities for her to come in, she's a great voice actress. She also played Daphne in Scooby-Doo, if you don't recognize her as Azula. But I love her as Azula in Avatar The Last Airbender, so pretty exciting. Falcon and the Winter Soldier will reportedly have another major Young Avengers character leader, Patriot, a.k.a. Eli Bradley, the grandson of Isaiah Bradley. That has a lot of cool implications. If you don't know the history of Eli Bradley, his grandfather, Isaiah Bradley, was actually the first super soldier, as the super soldier serum was tested on African American soldiers before it was perfected. Most of them died. Only one of them survived, and that person was Isaiah Bradley. He then took on the name of Black Captain America and is considered an underground legend in Marvel Comics, one that is not as known as his white counterpart, Captain America. And that can bring up a lot of interesting conversations in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, a lot of that muddled history. If you remember in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier trailer, Falcon says the history of the shield is complicated. It is not a simple Captain America was always the hero. There are some dark things that happened before Captain America became Captain America. I'm excited to see them explore that part of the Marvel Universe and bring in not only Eli Bradley, but his grandfather, Isaiah Bradley. That's going to be really exciting. Also, Eli Bradley is the Patriot. He's the leader of the Young Avengers. He's a pretty cool character in the comics right now. Before, like, I think he's been around for maybe, like, 15, 20 years. He's pretty cool. (laughs) That's a cool uh, character to bring in. He could be, like, a sidekick to Bucky and Falcon, who are considered sidekicks, so... I'm excited about that jody whitaker is reportedly looking to leave the role of doctor who and bbc has refused to comment on this you know i've heard really good things about her i've heard she's been doing a great job with that character i heard the season's okay and there's a lot of like side characters but i heard jody whitaker is phenomenal so it's a shame to see her go finally the dexter revival season casts its main villain as clancy brown that's a great actor i love him if you don't know he was in the punisher he voices uh the crab from spongebob I, um mr krabs uh, he's a great voice actor i love him he's got that great deep voice he plays good villains so i'm excited for that That's a good casting now on to what i'm currently watching right now i think i've brought this show up a couple of times but the third season finally dropped on new year's day it got me very excited i've it in like two days it's only 10 episodes but cobra kai season three just dropped on netflix if you haven't seen the show and you want ridiculous popcorn entertainment with good fight choreography, pretty funny jokes, some 80s nostalgia, people taking themselves a little bit too seriously at times, and then other people telling them to shut up. (laughs) I wouldn't go as far to say it's a great story, but it's definitely an entertaining one. If you wanna be entertained thoroughly, I recommend Cobra Kai. There's of course one or two characters that are really annoying. I'm not gonna name them. If you wanna do a Cobra Kai breakdown, I'll definitely talk about each season. I'm down to do that. But I think it's definitely worth a watch. There's a lot of redemptions. There's a lot of you know, people turning on each other. <laughs> evil karate people. Good karate people. It's, it, it's stupid and funny and ridiculous. Definitely check it out. I started watching it just because I thought it would be funny to watch and I ended up loving it. I didn't expect it either, guys, but check out Cobra Kai on Netflix, all three seasons. They're already developing a season four, so go ahead and check it out. You're going to want to eventually. Now on to rewatch, where I rewatch a movie to get you ready for the next big thing in media. The next big thing being WandaVision. As you know, I have been breaking down the movies that Wanda and Vision have been in throughout the entire MCU. And now on to the biggest one, which really is the start of their love story and the ending in a way. (laughs) Avengers Infinity War. This film, I have a lot of great memories of because I was lucky enough to see it without any spoilers. Opening day, I, I went out of my way, I spent a whole day, Like we got food, we, we waited in line, I was so excited to watch this movie, and I remember driving home in silence because of how sad I was at the end of it. It's a great film, it's one of my favorites. But like all films, I think it has some flaws, so I'm going to break down a couple of the flaws, I think, in this film as a comic fan and a movie fan. One being, the film is very much the final chapter of a huge book. And so, because of that, it is not a complete story. I think if you come into Endgame, for example, there is enough exposition where you understand what happened to these characters, even if you don't know the full story of those characters. And Endgame rewards you if you have seen the past movies, but you don't need to technically to enjoy this huge film. You just need to know that there's superheroes, a lot of them have just died, and they're trying to bring them back. That's really the main story of Endgame. Infinity War is about Thanos, who throughout these last couple of movies has been trying to acquire the Infinity Stones, which have been placed in different movies, and all these characters are trying to stop him also there was civil war so they're kind of broken up and there's a lot of moving parts to this film is what i'm getting at and because of that if you have not been paying attention or you haven't caught up to infinity war you're not going to get the film not just not enjoy it you're not going to get what's going on that's not really a flaw but it is something that needs to be pointed out and that's the only reason why i think this movie is not as good as endgame because endgame You can get the gist of it. I don't think you can get the gist of Infinity War. The amount of Hulk in this film is a little disappointing. I love Mark Ruffalo when he plays the Hulk. I think he does a tremendous job. And the fact that the Hulk only got that one fight with Thanos, which is a great fight. Love that opening scene. It's kind of sad that we don't get to see him in the ending battle. They kind of hint that he's going to come out at the end. And, you know, this all pays off in the next movie when he becomes Professor Hulk. And so I like that. But just for this film, I wish I would have seen more Hulk. I would have liked to see... Hulk fight with Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, and Iron Man in the city that would have been cool. The Iron Spider design is underwhelming to me especially compared to the comics. I am always happy when they go to comics for their designs. This one they they did a little bit but they mostly went with the red and blue. I prefer his bright red and gold Iron Spider suit from the comics and they didn't go that way and I was a little sad about it. Teen Groot is a little annoying, he's just a little bit like ugh I'm a teen, I'm a teenager. Uh, Like the whole movie. He's not particularly funny to me. I like that the design is changing for Groot. And I like that he changes a little bit every movie. But uh, this one he was a little bit annoying. And I didn't didn't like that. Vision's injury in the film makes him kind of useless. And this is kind of a critique of every time they bring in Vision. But besides Age of Ultron. I think they always underutilize Vision because he's so powerful. And because he's so powerful they need to find a way to make him less powerful. And I think with a movie like this one. They could have used him in the fight. (laughs) They needed more people and Vision could have been extra help, but they just decide to have him be injured throughout most of the film and be on the table not doing anything. I think that's a waste of Paul Bettany. I think that's a waste of a great character like Vision. And finally, I don't like Star-Lord's decision to react and hurt Thanos. I know a lot of people don't like that decision. On the rewatch, I think what gets me about it is not that it's not something that Star-Lord would do. Star-Lord would absolutely react emotionally. I get that, but it's also hypocritical of him because in the film Drax tries to go and attack Thanos while his back is turned and Star-Lord goes no 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 we need to do this first we need to get the stone first and so that's Star-Lord thinking rationally in the same way that he could have when he was with Thanos but instead he acts emotionally. So Star-Lord has the capacity to understand that he shouldn't do that and yet he does it anyway and that's what makes me mad about the decision. Not the emotional reaction, but the fact that we have seen him able to stop those emotional reactions from somebody else. So he should be able to do it with himself as well. That's just my opinion, I don't know. But other than that, I really love the film. So why don't we get into what I really like about the film. First, let's talk about The Black Order. Ebony Maw, fantastic performance. He is a standout to me, even though he's only in really the first part of the film. He has great lines, great emotional depth he seems to be this like zealot of thanos more than any of his other uh brothers or sisters he definitely is the right hand man to thanos i think if gamora is his favorite daughter ebony ma is his favorite son and i love that relationship between him and thanos Thanos' performance in general and making him the main character of the film was such a smart move from Anthony and Joe Russo. They really give him a lot of depth where you get to see that Thanos isn't like your Lokis or he isn't like your Ultrons where his main goal is just death and destruction. His main goal is to give back in his own sinister way. That was really cool. Loki's death and redemption is one of my favorite scenes in all of the MCU I think it was horrifying to see him like choked just relentlessly they don't cut they just what you just watch him just die slowly it's really sad I think it's the only way the character could have gone at that point to be redeemed is to be do something completely selfless it kind of is undermined by the fact that Loki's getting a show (laughs) and I think on the rewatch it didn't hit me as powerfully as the first time but it's still a great performance by Tom Hiddleston. Speaking of great performances, there are a couple in this film that I absolutely love. I think a lot of people in this film are bringing their A-game, specifically Chris Hemsworth as Thor. He has some of the best emotional scenes, the one with Rocket Raccoon, like what more can I lose? I love that. Uh, Bring me Thanos. (laughs) That whole scene is incredible. I love it. There is the performance of Zoe Saldana, who has a great scene where you think that she's killed Thanos, and she just is weeping because that's her father. (laughs) That's incredible. Josh Brolin, of course, as Thanos. Absolutely spectacular. And I think another character that is not talked about enough, who I don't think the actor is particularly a great actor, but he has a couple of great scenes where you see his range. Chris Pratt actually has a couple of pretty emotional scenes in this film as well, particularly when he has to kill Gamora. And he goes, I told you to go right? Like, that part kills me a little bit. That's a really sad moment. And I think Chris Pratt does bring his A-game to that scene. Also, of course, Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen, (laughs) her range in this film, her emotional range, is shown on display when she has to kill Vision. That part, again, incredible. All of those scenes wouldn't have worked if those actors uh, didn't bring their A-game. And, of course, Tom Holland's death. Uh, haunts me to this day. I think it haunts a lot of people. That's a really sad moment. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Also, that was ad-libbed by Tom Holland himself. He that, Those weren't lines. Tom Holland just went with it, and it shows. It's spectacular. It's great acting. The Tony Stark-Doctor Strange relationship is one of my favorites. A lot of people forget this is the first movie that they ever had together. So uh, the fact that they have so much chemistry and they have so much back and forth, it just shows what great actors they both are and how similar their characters are. I think it's interesting because Tony and Steve often argue in similar ways but they argue because they are polar opposites. Uh, Tony and Stephen Strange, they argue because they're very similar and that's that's different but just as fun and I loved it. I also like that Doctor Strange's abilities have grown since his last film. It reminds me of a lot of the transition from Captain America Avengers to Captain America the Winter Soldier uh Captain America he is way better with his skills and so is Steven in these two movies he is doing incredible <laughs> feats of magic and I love it the Guardians seamlessly integrate into the Avengers as well that could have been a really clunky bad transition from Guardians to the Avengers but they come right in I think they steal the show for a lot of it comedically I think the parts where the Guardians meet the Avengers are some of the funniest parts of this movie and maybe in the entire MCU. I love the banter between them too. Like, I'm not from Missouri yet, but that's on Earth. <laughs> they're just go- they're just going in on each other. It's-, it's hilarious. The Scarlet Witch and Vision romance as well. This is the first time we see that romance and it's the last time. This is actually the last movie we get Scarlet Witch and Vision together. It's incredible that we get to see that death and even though we haven't seen their romance for very long, you still get that emotional reaction because uh, these two actors are so believable and they had such great chemistry for the last movie in Civil War and they have great chemistry in Infinity War. Uh, The Captain America intro and his overall look and style in this film, I forgot how cool Captain America is in this film. He's got the beard. He's got the broken-up suit. He's got the Wakandan shields. He's This is vigilante Captain America. Is not, not your dad's Captain America. He's awesome, <laughs> and I love it in this film. I think they really nailed the look. I think a lot of people love that look. His intro when he catches Proxima Midnight Spear is one of my favorite moments in the film. It was really smart because originally Captain America was set to come out in the Battle of Wakanda, but instead they decided to put him earlier in the film, and I think that made Thor's entrance into Wakanda even more impactful uh Peter Dinklage is in the movie I think he's overlooked too but he does a pretty good performance as well Red Skull's inclusion I appreciate as a fan I think that was a really good payoff to the Red Skull Tesseract teleportation thing in the Captain America First Avenger movie a lot of people have been waiting for Red Skull's return and I like that they brought him back in a way that I sure it brings up a few questions but mostly it's it's fan service that doesn't really harm the movie at all so I appreciated that I also like that characters like Shuri and Mantis who have been like kind of sidelined for their movies perhaps they get really crucial roles Shuri has to take out Vision Stone Mantis has to uh, put Thanos to sleep (laughs) like it's those are big parts to play in the plan and it utilizes the characters well those are important roles for them and it's within their capabilities so I like that and they do that with a lot of characters but those were the two that came to mind Groot uh, creating Stormbreaker. I thought it was a really cool scene. And I like that it has that. Uh, it still has made of wood. It's a different look. I like it a lot. I also love, of course, as I spoke about a moment ago, Thor's entrance into Wakanda is probably, before Captain America picking up Mjolnir, the most jaw-dropping stand-up clap moment in the MCU. <laughs> Thor entering Wakanda and being like, bring me Thanos? Blew my mind. And this is like the definitive Thor to me. This Thor in this film, is by far my favorite version of Thor in all of the MCU. The next version is a lot funnier and we'll talk about that next week with Endgame but this version is the most epic version of Thor. It's ultimate Thor really. Uh The she's not alone moment uh, it is kind of the seeds for the she's got help moment. If you don't remember at one point Scarlet Witch is fighting Proxima Midnight and she, Proxima Midnight says he'll die alone as will you and Black Widow and Akoya come out and they go she's not alone and these three all fight her and that's a really cool scene it's a lot more believable than the she's got help scene but i still like both of them so yeah and also the fighting between thanos the one-on-ones particularly three, i like a lot doctor strange versus thanos really shows how the infinity gauntlet can be used and it also shows how much doctor strange has grown and can fight without even the time stone it's one of my favorite sequences and it looks incredible Iron Man versus Thanos it has a very underdog feel and you know Tony Stark doesn't come out on top but it's a great fight and of course you know Thor and Thanos such great energy between those two characters who just like hate each other <laughs> I think especially Thor's hatred toward Thanos you could feel it in that moment Great stuff. I love it. Oh, and of course, Captain America holding up Thanos' arm is a really epic moment, just if you love Captain America, but it doesn't last very long because of course it wouldn't. Those two are not a match without Mjolnir, but we'll get to that next week when we do Endgame. Overall, I really love this film, it is an epic final chapter of the Infinity Saga. I consider Endgame not the final chapter, I think Infinity War is the final chapter, and Endgame is just the next book <laughs> uh to finish up the series if that makes sense you know like this is this is one series and this is end game is the almost the beginning of the next series really than anything uh, wrapping up those little details and then putting seeds for what's next to come but infinity war to me is the ending it's a definitive ending i think it's a visually beautiful movie non-stop action a lot of payoff to a lot of great arcs and very sad ending. It's a very sad ending, and it it gets, hits me emotionally almost as much as Endgame. So I love it a lot for what it is. Let me know what you guys think, though. Are you more of an Infinity War guy than an Endgame guy or gal? Uh, let me know. And let me know if you guys are excited for Wandavision and the Endgame breakdown next week. Now, as usual, I'm going to leave you with a recommendation. This one is kind of a no-brainer for me since I love the Mandalorian. They have been coming out on Fridays with. The Mandalorian Gallery from Disney+, which basically they just go into how they make The Mandalorian and all the visual styles, how they add new characters and such. They have a really good first two episodes of Season 2. They have the whole thing about how they made Season 1. I definitely recommend it, how they talk with the writers and directors. It's a really cool documentary series. If you love The Mandalorian and if you love Star Wars, check it out. It's on Disney+. Plus. love it a lot. You can hear a lot about Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni's thoughts and opinions about Star Wars and how it needs to be made. I think they're creative geniuses. I love both of those guys. So I love the doc series. Check it out. And that's really all I had for you guys this week. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so excited for 2021 and I'm excited to spend it with y'all and hopefully you guys keep listening. If you can, give us a like on Facebook at Live Action Remake and give us a follow on Instagram at Live Action Remake. Really helps us grow. Thank you for supporting us. If you have already, if you can, leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well. That also helps us grow a little bit. And if you if you want to spread the word to a friend, tell them that you like Live Action Remake. Tell them to listen to the podcast. I would very much appreciate you. If you can also check me out this Sunday when I am on Pop Culture Reference <laughs> uh, with my buddies Ricardo, Seamus, and Garrett. I actually went to high school with ricardo and seamus Uh, i met Garrett through them too so i'm really excited to talk about we can be heroes on their podcast it's going to be great so check us out and if you can check out pop culture reference in general they do a great couple of episodes they do uh mandalorian they talk about movies all the time i love their podcast i listen all the time on sunday so check them out on spotify apple podcast wherever you listen to podcasts probably wherever you listen to my podcast as well (laughs) so thank you so much for listening i'm so happy to be with you in 2021 i look forward to hearing from you guys and yeah thank you so much for listening stay safe wear a mask and do what you love i'm signing out oh if you want to email me at podcast at gmail.com i'd appreciate it so much thank y'all have a good one